Yes People's episode 110 with Griff's Brain Dump is me, Griff, obviously, and I am in Brunei International Airport. I am mid-transfer on my way back from Melbourne, Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Australia, man, and I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I'm feeling it. <laughs> hey, I'm on my way back to the UK and I'll be heading straight to work. Straight to work, that's right. That's me, I'm hardcore, man. Gonna roll straight into the office, try to stay awake for the whole day on Monday, and just run battle through. But hey, guys, I almost, almost didn't make it onto the plane. Now, right now, it is what's the time here? I think it's quarter past three in the UK, which makes it quarter past 11 here in Brunei. Oh, my flight takes up at 10 past midnight, so I can't actually have a long podcast, I can't get into it. But I almost missed my flight, man. Went to the International Air Show in Australia. And um, it only happens every two years, so it's brilliant. Saw these, I can't remember what they're called. F-22s, F-22 fighter jets. Literally blast fire out the back. Got some videos that I'll upload onto my Insta story, but impressive. Had a great time there, but it was dusty as hell. But I looked like I'd been backpacking across the outback of Australia. I was covered in dust. So when I got to the airport, let me freshen up a little bit. Um, but hey, so much traffic on the way to the airport. So much so that uh, I started panicking, plans to have a shower, got to the airport, shower was disgusting. So that was not an option to have a shower. Um, instead, I had to wipe myself down with some wet wipes. Um, so thanks to Matt, you saw me out with the wet wipes there. Was the best man at the wedding, and um, he sorted me out the wet wipes. So, and he sorted me out the lift to the airport. More importantly, <laughs> but then uh, got changed, cleaned up, and I realised that I was I've got enough time. You know, uh, gate closes at, at twenty past six, so loads of time, loads of time. Then I realised. Wait, Darren, you have to think about when the gate closes. You're not thinking about when check-in closes. Suddenly, I had loads of time for having a nun sprinted to check-in, only to be told that check-in's closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can imagine the panic on my face. Check-in's closed, only for you know someone who had more knowledge to sweep it and save the day. Yeah, no, it's not closed yet. I was like, oh, phew. See, why are playing panic, people? I was like, yeah, you only have six minutes, though. I was like, eh. <laughs> Luckily, I'd already checked in online, but I had it dropped in my bag. So, so from then, they were like, right, you need to go straight to gate 12. Now, gate 12, I don't know where that is, but I'm thinking, that means I start running now. So I'm running, running towards security, in case it gets pulled over for random uh, explosive checks. Yours truly. And I may have looked suspicious running around in a straw hat and full speeds in the tracksuit. <laughs> Just when you don't need to be stopped at a random check. That's when I was stopped. Then I uh, managed to get through that on my way through security. That's fine. And then I'm running, running, drop my phone. Uh-huh. Nothing's broken. I don't think so. Not on the outside. Maybe on the inside, though. On the inside, it's broken. But on the outside, totally fine. And then um, <laughs> I'm running around the corner, only to find uh, only to find who? My mate Ash waiting, waiting with a camera, knowing that I'm sprinting for this plate. 
<laughs> get there. Um, I need to find out if the plane's been delayed. Only by a few minutes, but now we've got Rainbow. I've got to the airport to freshen up. Now I've ran through the airport, sweated, drifted the side eye I was getting from this strange man. Because it's state I was in, drifting all over the place. But it's alright. Managed to buy uh, the treats I needed to buy. Got some crisps, got some chocolate, so it's all good. It's all good. So now I'm here in Brunei International Airport. I don't know how I would have felt if I missed that flight. Because they miss a flight that has a transfer as well. I'd have to buy a whole new flight from Australia to the UK. One way, boom. Get me to this place. Get me any suit. <laughs> oh my god. Well, it cost me like near 400, 500 pounds. It was a uh, my feelings and more importantly, my, my bank accounts. But more, more my ego. I have to explain to people why. Why were you on your flight? <laughs> <coughs> but I'm hoping. Sorry, I just coughed right into the microphone there. Um, what I'm hoping, mate, is I get the same luck as I got on on the, this flight from Melbourne to Brunei. That's Brunei to London. When I say luck, right? Luck is strategy. Got a whole three seats to myself, didn't I? Don't pay extra for first class or business class. No, just get your economy class ticket strategically. That's what you do to get your economy, the economy class ticket strategically. Here's the trick. So on the things of the Boeing seven three seven. So the seating arrangement is three, three, three. If you're travelling on your own, which seat do you go for? So let's call the outside ones A B C, the middle ones D E F, and the outside ones and the outside G H I. Which one do you go for? Starting now, three seconds to work it out. So A being the window, B middle, C aisle, D aisle, E middle, F aisle, G aisle, H middle, I window. Which one are you going for? Travelling on your own. See which one you go for, people. You go for E. That's right. Go for E. Why? Here. If you're travelling on your own, you go for E. Couples won't want to sit either side of you. They want to sit together, right? So you've already broken up a couple, increasing the chance of you being sat on your own or next to another solo traveller, who knows. Either way, if you're sat on the edge, you won't get a couple next to you. Or you're going to get some idiot trying to climb over you to go to a toilet. Huh? That's another one. So now I've had, so I've got my ticket in the middle, on E. You don't just do that, no. You make sure that the seats are taken on C and G, that's the aisle seats on the outside three. Because again, a couple might settle for sitting either side of the aisle. Just have a little chat, have a little natter on the plane. Oh, I went in the plane cold, in the plane nice. Oh, I wasn't loving all that. Ain't going back home. No, see, you can avoid all of that. This is exactly what I did. On a whole middle three to myself, spreading out. A few people looking at me like, how's he got all those seats to himself? But they're looking at me like, is he special? I am special, mate. I know how to book a ticket, that's what it is. Don't know how to catch a flight, almost not. <laughs> But no, they were, Melbourne was really good. Um, beautiful wedding. I ended up emceeing, so I guess that's technically a gig in Australia. Gigged in Australia now. Gigged in Melbourne. But it was really good. Uh, so congratulations to my friends, getting married. And um, oh, they gave us a lovely surprise. Um, other than the 37 degree heat in a three-piece suit, sweating. 
and then driving in a minibus for 30 minutes only to realise the air conditioning wasn't switched on <laughs> but um, now Australia is the only place I've been to where if you're sat in a car with the window up and you wind the window down the car gets hotter that's how hot it was in Melbourne um, but got to the wedding got to reception they had a surprise for us they had animals there koalas kangaroos crocodiles snakes yep the whole lot like with real zookeeper type people like the monsters just running around wild and three three or why do i have the th there wild and three ah. it was there for us just to stroke and interact with it's brilliant so we did a lot frolicked on the beach um day before i left and um you don't want to understand the sense of achievement we had. There were seven of us playing this game. We were trying to keep the ball up in the air. Just through slapping and punching the ball. And did it 50 times. Consecutive passes. Doesn't touch the water. Now you're saying that sounds easy. You find six mates. You get in the water and you try it. I tell you what, you won't be able to do it. We did. Massive sense of achievement. Huge. <laughs> and then... Um, what else have you done on this trip? I've done, done a lot on this trip. You can hear it in my voice. I've done a lot. I just can't think of um, anything else to really tell you about on the trip. You know, went out in Melbourne. Um, really beautiful city. Really nice city, man. And um, watched football. Was that, Watched Arsenal and Tottenham. That's fun. Watching a game at half 11 at night in a pub. Having to listen to karaoke. You've got no idea of commentary, you're just waiting for the referee's hand signals to work out what's going on. Um, but yeah, so what, uh, what else? What else happened? What about my last day in Brunei? Because I think I recorded it, recorded it on a Sunday, so what about my last few days in Brunei, what did I do? I, know I did my tour and spoke, like, spoke to you guys about the tour. Um, went to see a waterfall on my last day. Um, so that was nice. And oh, actually, I've sat. So my trip back here, the trip to Melbourne, that was the worst part of my flight. Brunei to Melbourne, sat next to this obnoxious guy who's just coughing and spluttering everywhere and just, just generally annoying me. He was the most, that was the worst part of the trip, man. But, um, but uh, what I'll do is a compromise, I'll do a proper podcast later on in the week as a catch-up um, but this is just me doing a really really short one because honestly, I can't miss this connecting flight that'd be ridiculous behavior um, I don't think I made any notes of anything that went on in the world until did I did I see anything um, I did no no um, there must be other stuff on the trip that I can't think of. I'm just too tired. Went to McDonald's over here. You've got to do that when you go away. Go to McDonald's. Uh, they have a double chicken burger. Yep. Smashed it. I just realised the UK's McDonald's is dreadful. Just dreadful, the UK McDonald's. Um, what else? I can't think of anything else that uh, I did. And now I've done something really good and I can't think of it. I can't think of what else I did in, in Melbourne. First day 
What do you do? Frolicked in the in the bride's parents' house. They've got a pool and so he's in a swim pool. And then what else did we do? Well more yeah, it's more just chilled out, just had just had a laugh. Just chilled out and had a laugh. So I can't think of Anything. Oh, we had a massive debate actually. Um, got very heated. Um, <laughs> don't know what I'm going to say this on the podcast. But here's a question, guys. For straight guys, and I guess for, I guess it applies, this question applies to straight guys and lesbian women. And I guess you can flip it around for straight women and gay men. So, to straight men and lesbian women, would you rather kiss a man for two minutes, like a passionate snog, or give him a hand job? What would you rather do? Like your life depends on it. Someone's holding you at gunpoint. That's that's the that, oh, that's obvious. You know, if someone's got a gun pointed at your kids. Whatever's going to make you take part in this dilemma. Which one would you do? Which one? And you won't believe we managed to keep this debate going for three days. <laughs> three days. Three days. It's funny when people back their argument how much stuff they added. It started from kiss or hand job. Everyone who was backing hand job was like, no, nah, I'll just be sat next to the guy not looking at him. It'd be just like totally mechanical. I'm adding no extra kind of effort. Uh, and then that's how they were describing the hand jump. When they were describing the kiss, it was like, yeah, don't have you up on the side, <laughs> fingers running through your hair. Uh, I mean, passionate stroke in the back of your neck. And everyone back here to kiss that was just like, yeah, just, you know, just close your eyes and just pretend it's a woman. I go, but if you've got a knob in your hand, you can't pretend that's a woman. <laughs> it's one of those really highbrow intellectual conversations that we had. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just the quality of friends I have that we can keep a conversation like that going for. Maybe not three days, but two days. But uh, you think that conversation will stay at the privacy of our uh, co- accommodation we're staying in? No, we took that to the wedding, to the wedding reception. And um, hey, man, that's how we are. That's how we do. He just asked anyone who we felt any kind of bond with. You know, just having a normal conversation. Oh, the weather's really hot here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you do for work? Okay, yeah. Anyway, here's a question. <laughs> so, I don't know. But it's been fun. It's been a really, really fun trip. And um, I'll definitely recommend come to Melbourne. I probably will come to Melbourne again um, anyway through uh, through comedy, hopefully. Hopefully someone pays for me to get come out here. That, that's the real aim. Okay? That's the real aim. But, um, yeah, man, looking forward to getting home. Um, getting home and just obviously seeing... See my fiance. Look forward to that.
mainly. And I um, guess I'm a bit of routine again. Like I had a good trip, so I don't, I'm not leaving Pinehams to um, to stay here or or dreading going back. No, my my first day at work is going to be checking emails and not replying to them. <laughs> it's going to be that simple. Um, Alright, I don't think there is anything else I want to cover. Oh, it's going to be a short pod. Let me uh, just... No, that's it. Let's see if there's anything else I can say. Uh, no? No, no. Alright, cool. I think that's the end of the pod. Right, let me actually contact some family members to let them know I'm safe. Alright, and I said I might do another podcast in the middle of the week, a bit longer, a bit more energy. Well, I have to keep my, my record of never missing a podcast. So that's it, that's me out. Charles, bye. Well, wait, 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 come on, what are you talking about? Obviously, let's see if we can get. I wonder if I can get. Dear Deirdre, in bloody Dubai. That's not Dubai, um, Brunei. Let's see. Let's see, let's see. But I can't. I can. Let's see. Uh, Dear Deirdre, should I tell my fiance I had great sex with a good looking girl at work before our big day? Um, if you are going to, probably don't add the details of she's really good looking, like harder than you. Maybe have second thoughts about today, but you know what? Um, once I came, came to my senses and still want to marry her. No. So I had fabulous sex with a girl at work when the building was empty. I knew the CCTV was on, but that just gave me more thrill. I'm 28 with a well paid career and a lovely fiance I've been with for four years. Uh, this all happened towards the end of. Last year, I was rocketing up the management tree and my life was going to plan. Then a good looking girl joined my team. She was just 22 and I soon took her under my wing. <laughs> but what did you do to her under the wing? You touched her thigh, touched her leg, touched her breast. <laughs> Chicken pun. Anyway, um, I could tell that she quite that she took quite a shine to me. I said I'd stay after work to explain how things worked. <laughs> But I wasn't talking about a photocopier. I knew I wanted her then. She said she was grateful and came in the next morning wearing a very short skirt. So I knew what she wanted from me. When the others had left, I pretended to talk about targets or sales. And they pulled her towards me and we were kissed. She pleasured me. Then we had full works on the floor. She made all the right noises, which made me feel good. Um, they've got a picture of a black guy here in the picture. And we all know black men don't cheat, so... I don't know why they've got a black guy in the picture there. Oh, we had sex a few more times like that after work. I went out for drinks and to the clubs in the town at the weekends. Then she seemed to fall out with people at work and seemed to lose interest in me. I kept trying to get her to stay late at work, but she wouldn't have sex with me again. That was a year ago. I still haven't told my fiancé about this girl and about another girl from work I had a thing with before. Though that was more or less a one night stand after drinks at work. Jesus Christ, dude. I haven't cheated with anyone since and I haven't thought about doing so. But my wedding day is in May. Do I tell my fiancé how I messed up and stepped out of line? Do I keep quiet and protect her from that? Those two girls have moved on to new jobs so there's no risk of my partner finding out. I love my fiancé a lot and I want to be honest before we tie the knot. I don't want to spoil what we've got.
um, this and here is some genuine advice. If that is how you actually feel and the girls are out of your life, then you'll just be telling your fiance for selfish reasons. Like you're almost bragging to her. Like, by the way, <laughs> smash these two birds. So, uh, yeah. Don't do that. Unless you're going to break up with her, or unless you're going to make some massive change, or your behaviour's been erratic and you need to explain that, then tell her. But don't just tell her the truth just to get it off your chest. It's selfish. Alright, uh, last one. Uh, our amateur football team has been spoiled by one really mean individual who is name calling. So I'm on the move now. Um, who is name calling? What does that mean? Uh, that's it. Jog down. Sorry, that's me running down the stairs. Um, yeah. Sorry. Oh, amateur. Sorry. Let me pause the pod quickly as I read something else. Yeah. So we are we're back. We're back. We're back. Just had to check that the gate <laughs> hadn't left. As you're missing, almost missing two flights. What a dick. So sorry, um, our amateur football team has been sport by one really mean individual who is name calling. I love playing football for our local amateur team. Uh, that's all been spoiled by one really mean individual. I'm at the point of chucking it in. Uh, I'm a guy to one who decided to try it out for a Sunday league side um, in that town. They said I played well and gave me a place. It felt great. We've been here before, man. You have a blind at everyone. Most people have a blind with their debut. I get that. And then one of the players began, began singing me out for some pretty hard criticism and then name calling. Yeah, what we've all played it was that guy. Yeah, I, I call him, I call him Jimmy Twat. Every team's got a Jimmy Twat who just thinks they're amazing, has no perspective for how rubbish they are at things. And it's annoying. It's actually worse when they're really good and you can't even come back at them. It's all like, oh, yeah, but you missed that chance. Missed that chance earlier on in the game. Oh, uh, yeah, what, just before I banged in a hat trick? Ah, uh, yeah, damn. I did misplace a lot of passes today. And I did give away penalties, so. Can't really come back in the gym tight. Anyway. <laughs> He's now got nasty. He swears at me and tells me I'm rubbish. The guy's very big, aggressive, and plays really well. There you go. So. Um, should I confront him or just leave the team? Well, I've been in a team like that, and I've been bullied by people really good. Do what you do. You just, you just don't reply. Just don't reply. Just ignore him. Don't respond. Let him through shit. Just pass him the ball. Just pass him the ball. And just, you just stroke his ego. Be like, oh, I wish I could play like you. And then, um, and then what you do is uh, you take a piss in his shower gel. That's what you do. Simple. Alright? Anyway, people, that is the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, that is done now. I need to, I need to make sure I get on this flight. Alright, peace.